The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover a positive path for spiritual living. Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Ellen Debenport. This is Voices of Unity with Ellen Debenport. This is a show where we bring on guests for several weeks at a time to share a body of work that they have developed or discovered so that you can dive deep into these spiritual practices. This is designed ultimately for you to take and use. And this is the last of five weeks with Janice Campbell, who is a licensed Unity teacher and also a coach who has developed her own system called Receive Your Life. And so we did an overview the first week, and since then we've been doing, we've been applying the Receive Your Life system to specific topics like relationships or money or life purpose, finding your life purpose. And today is about parenting. Actually, we kind of thought we'd spend the first half of the show talking about parenting and the last half um, tying all this to Unity's principles and just sort of wrapping up the whole series, I guess. But Janice, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. So you are the parent between us, uh, and I'm not one, uh, but I certainly, as a minister, I have heard from a lot of them, and um, it's not easy. So, <laughs> so why is it important for parents to receive their life? Um, well, first I thought I would just share, because you say you're not a parent, but we all kind of are parents in a way, because like you say, you're, you have a, you have congregants, you're, it really is that relationship. And you could also be looking at the, the leadership relationship. It's, it's not just parenting, but it's also that, that kind of, um, the mentoring, the, that kind of a relationship, whatever we're talking about today also applies to that. It's not just parenting. So it's more like leadership. It, I think parenting is leadership. It's about empowerment. So the same principles will apply. Okay. So I just want to kind of throw that out. Good. It's not just strictly for parents. But what were we saying now? Uh, why is it why important? Is it important? For, important for, well, for a couple of reasons. The first thing is always who we're being matters. It ripples out to the people we're with. Mm-hmm. So if we're, living from fear and scarcity and judgment, it's going to ripple out to the people around us. And so it can't not do that. So a lot of times we'll be like, oh, it's all about the kids, the kids, the kids. It doesn't really matter who I'm being. But the most critical component, I believe, as a parent is who you're being. And also, we love our children. We want to give our children the best we have to give. But we can't give them more than we allow ourselves to receive. Otherwise, we really don't have that capacity to, to give. And that's when we end up giving from our compromised self versus our true self. So put your own oxygen mask on first. Exactly. 
Yes. Okay. So but it's always about because it's so you know. Oh my God, I'm a parent now, so I have to kind of throw myself and throw my life out the window. Yes. And it's all about them. Do they have what they need? Am I being a good parent? The focus is so much, and I think we really confuse being a good parent with uh, trying to alleviate fears. Does that make sense? Alleviate. It's like your own fears. The uncomfortable. Your own fears. Uh Yeah. So it's kind of like being a good parent is like, oh, I want to make sure they have this and they don't have to be uncomfortable and they don't have to experience this. And I protect them from that. But really what we're doing is protecting ourselves. You know, we love our kids so much. We get afraid for them and we, we don't want to experience those feelings. We want to feel safe. So So it, it looks like it's all about the kids, but a lot of times it's really all about us. Because uh, I our- hold my hand because I'll feel better. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I think it could be really, it's confusing. The parenting journey is, um, it takes a lot. It's funny, when I first became a parent, I was, let's see, my oldest son is 25. So I'd been in Unity for about six years and I just loved it. I mean, I was taking a lot of classes and by that time I was teaching classes and I just, oh, I just loved it. But when he was born, I had to release that. I just, I didn't really have, the, I didn't have the time to do that. And I was kind of like, oh, I love this. I have to give this up. But I really learned that parenting is one of the most profound spiritual practices you can be on because you can't run away. You you have to learn surrender. You, you learn a lot of these principles that we study. Mm-hmm. When you're parenting, you're living them. And you don't have a back door. So faith, surrender, all, you know, it's like instead of getting it just intellectually, you're like, what does it really mean to surrender? Right. Give up, give up because it's not about you anymore. It's, it's really, you know, it's not your money. It's not your time. <laughs> I mean, you, you, there's so much that you have to release to be a parent that it, it takes a lot. Well, yeah, okay. So you, but you already said, don't throw away your life. You still have to be right. your true self. And okay, so this is good. Giving yes. up time and money and everything you want to do in favor of the kids sounds more like a compromised self. Right. So it sounds like a lot of sacrifices. But what's interesting when my son was born, what I've learned is that I'm actually releasing the lesser for the greater. Like it wouldn't have worked to have my old life and have my new life. Right. The same time. You know, it's all that that saying for women, oh, you can't have it all. Mm-hmm. But you can have it all, just not all at the same time. Right. You know, so a lot of that is really you have to practice discernment between. So I said I love the classes and all that, but I actually wanted to be with my child more than I wanted to be in the classes. Mm-hmm. But at first I felt like I had to, I was giving up something. But then I actually saw that you never really give up anything because whatever you're working on, your spiritual journey is with you all the time. (laughs) So instead of having the focus out there, it's like, okay, now my spiritual journey is about parenting. So it's working with the same principles, just kind of redirecting it. So it wasn't really a sacrifice. Although at first it felt like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I can't do, you know, mm-hmm. I had so much focus on what I couldn't do anymore. But then I started to really look and see, well, what do I have? I've always wanted to be a parent. I mean, it's here now. And I think a lot of times we end up in scarcity because we we spread ourselves too thin. So it's like, oh, if I'm not taking the classes or teaching the classes, then I can't be 
on a spiritual journey. And I realized that's not true. Your spiritual journey lives within you. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Well, and what I've heard from parents is that children will keep your stuff in your face all the time. So you (laughs) get a whole lot more self-awareness once you have kids, like it or not. Well, you can't hide. I think that's the main thing. You Mm -hmm. cannot... I mean, I fantasized running away many times. (laughs) You you absolutely... You know, obviously, you just... You can't do that. I mean, so it's forcing you to, and that's why a parenting could either be um, such a struggle. I mean, when I hear stories of people struggling, I completely understand it because it could be, if you're fighting it, parenting, but really, I, th- I think what you're doing is you're really fighting with yourself. And like it, it does, parenting does bring up all your beliefs, yeah. your perceived limitations. It's, and I think the most toxic thing around parenting that happens is when we get into the comparison mode with other parents, you know, we st- with other parents. And then it's kind of like the should parenting versus the true parenting, because if you stay on the journey of the true, you're going to learn things along the way. And it's really between you and you. And it's an opportunity to really look deep and see where you're holding on to scarcity thoughts and where your fears, it really reveals, I believe, all your fears. It brings your fears to the surface. Mm-hmm. Because with children, we love them so much that the fear is course corresponds to that. Like there's so much at stake. You know, that yes. thing when they're when you don't really care about something, it's like whatever. I mean, I kind of care, kind of not. But when the love is that deep, you have a lot at stake. So it really, really matters. <laughs> Well, and so that's why there's such an industry of parenting books and courses and that kind of thing. But doesn't does that just lead you into should parenting? I think it does because you're never going to different, nor would you want to different other than from your true self. So your parenting is not going to look like anyone else's parenting. Mm-hmm. But it's so often when we go to the books, we start talking to the pa- other parents, you hear what they're doing. And it's so easy. Oh, maybe I should do that. I should do that. I remember there was one mom and I adored her. Our kids hung out all the time. But she started cooking dinner like at four o'clock every afternoon. You know, I'd be at the last minute. Ah, what are we going to eat tonight? <laughs> you know, but it was always that thing of like, oh, I really should get it together. I should plant. But it, I'm not. I'm very spontaneous. It's not my nature to be organized and orderly and have everything planned perfectly. So it was always a conflict to me. And I would use it to diminish myself. I'm not being a good parent. I'm not this. But but over time, I started to realize it's not who I am. I love the way I'm raising my kids. I mean, it gets back to when we talk about receive your life. We love who we are. We love our true self. We don't love our false compromised self. But mm-hmm. we love our true self. And I think that's a lot of times while parenting, when it doesn't feel like it's being much fun, is because we're trying to be the should parent instead of the authentic parent. And it's a very different experience. Well, yeah. So if your house is messy and you have no idea what you're doing for supper and your kids need a bath, you can mm-hmm. get a lot of should uh, parenting thoughts, I would imagine. And and society yeah. that will be happy to tell you you're doing it wrong. Right. But it, again, it gets back to like everything in life. What are you measuring for? Mm-hmm. Like, like I would like for my kids, it was really important for me that they felt safe, that they had self-expression, that they felt loved, that they felt comfortable in their own house. Like that was I just love that feeling. I love when friends, their friends would come over. They would always feel comfortable in our house. Mm-hmm. I like that. 
that's who I am. So if I, my house was messy, I don't really care because I wasn't measuring for that. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't get into those should modes, like I say, with my right. friend with her dinner. But normally I didn't really care. It's not that important to me. And the only time it would become painful, like all of a sudden if, if adult company was coming over, ah, I got to clean, I got to clean. It was only because I thought it should matter to me. But <laughs> it didn't really matter to me. I was not measuring for that. It wasn't something that was important to me. That's a really interesting way to put it. What are you measuring for? So if you're mm-hmm. measuring for happy kids and not how, how clean the house is, then you're doing you don't fine. Care. Yeah. Exactly. Well, another thing that was really important to me when my kids were growing up, especially when they were little, is I used to always affirm, <clears throat> I am a great mom. I am a great mom. Hmm. Because no one is ever going to tell you that. No one's going to tell you that. So it's just that was my affirmation every day, even when I was at my wit's end. I'm a great mom. When I went to bed at night, I did a great job today. Because, you know, it's a hard job. And just getting through the day, everyone in one piece, that's a pretty good day. <laughs> Yeah. I've also heard from parents that it's different for each kid. They have yes. different needs and I'm I'm sure it's different for each age. Absolutely. But but first let's talk about the different from each kid. And I love that because each each one of us is an individualized expression of spirit. Mm-hmm. So when my son was born, he's pretty shy, pretty serious, especially when he was younger. I I easily could have been like, oh, the reason he's shy is because I am like this and I'm like that and this means this and it would all be all about me, 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 Mm -hmm. like I created him. But then two more kids come out and it's like, oh my God, they're so different. You know, (laughs) my middle child is so different from him and then my daughter's completely, it's like you really give up that it has, it's about you. (laughs) It's okay. not about you. Uh-huh. And even like the disciplining or whatever, it's like, I would never yell at my um, oldest son. It's just his energy, the respect. It's just, I would never yell at him. My middle son, <laughs> because he had a completely different, it, it's just, and it, it, I learned too that people pull things out of you. So uh-huh. you, you do respond to them differently. Like, why are you this way with this person and this way with this person? Because they're pulling something different out of you. Right. They evoke it. My, was that my, so? Who said that? There was a quote that we train people how to treat us. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of truth in that. I think you know it's like you know if we really respect ourselves, other people respect ourselves. Uh, respect us if we honor and value ourselves. Other people will honor and value us. It's just a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, uh, my husband, ex-husband, had a son that he and his former wife had adopted. And it was interesting to watch how much more detached he was from who that child was. Um, By that, I mean, you know, neither parent could say, oh, he got that from me or, Mm -hmm. you know, that runs in my family. They were able to just watch who he was and let him tell them who he was. I think that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Because so often, I think what happens and why parenting is so challenging is because our ego is so mixed up in mm-hmm, it. Right. You know, that my child is a reflection of me and my value. Mm-hmm. My child's behavior is a reflection of me. And it's so not true. It's what is that? Cahil Gabron, you know, your children come through you. They're not, you don't mm-hmm. own them. So I think with the adoption, it's really, we have, it's, that's clear. So you don't try to put that false belief on top of it. Mm-hmm. it, it there's a purity to it. This is, a, this is a human being, you know, it's like, I'm not, yeah, it, it's not a, re, it's not, my value is not 
you know, being reflected. Oh boy! Out there. Yeah, I wish you'd talk to my mother. <laughs> it, it was absolutely, you, you know, everything reflected on her. Yes, uh, but I think again, it's kind of we're, we're conditioned to believe that. So the whole living from the outside in—it's <clears throat> all about what's out there. <clears throat> Sorry. Well, and I'll confess that as someone who just sees parents with their kids, I sometimes think, "What are those parents doing? You know, why don't mm-hmm. they get a handle on this?" And I do judge them. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's easy to judge. We we, um, yeah, it's interesting to judge, but it's, it is that thing of you don't. We don't really know what it's like to live inside of someone's life and really be experiencing what they're experiencing. In a native situation, when we just see a sliver of something, it's so easy to judge that. Like, oh, I would never do that. I would never do that. But if you're actually in that family, in that family dynamic, there's so much going on Mm -hmm. that we can't understand. And all I know when I see parents struggling with their kids or whatever, I just... I just feel so much compassion because I, I just remember like, it's so challenging. Like if your kid's acting up in public or they're doing this or it's, you know, I believe every parent is always doing the best they can. I mean, we, we can't, I mean, not just parenting, but people in general, from my experience, we're always doing the best we can with the consciousness and the awareness and what we have right now. And if, cause if we could do better, we would do better. And the thing about kids too, they wear you down. So after a while, you're you're not on top of your game. You know, you're like, I you should have seen me yesterday. I was really good yesterday, yeah. but now we're kind of done. You know, I can't. You know, that's why getting back to taking self care, self love, it's so important to fill yourself up. You know, receive your life. You know, which means really keep connecting with the beauty and truth that you are. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a really good person. I love my child and I'm having a really hard day. You know, I lost my temper and it doesn't mean I'm a bad mom. I, you know, it's like you, you have to constantly be bringing yourself back yeah. to the truth because a lot of times if, if, if there is stuff going on and, and a lot of fear with our kids, I mean, everyone's just trying to figure it out. The thing about parenting is you don't, there's no course. There's no like, oh, years of training, like a career, Years of studying, years of studying case studies and all that. Before, you know, you just pop, you know, the kids pop out and you're like, okay, game on. Uh. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're like, ah, you know, and then you've got the financial challenges and you've got their personalities and you've got the, you know, judging yourself. Am I doing a good job? You know, again, we love our kids so much. You want to give them the highest and best of who you are. And when we feel like we can't do that, it's disappointing. And then we beat ourselves up. You know, the cycle continues. But so, it must be hard to do that when you're exhausted. It is hard. And that's why I think it's really, 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 really important for parents to practice compassion, compassion for themselves. Mm-hmm. Because it is hard. I remember years ago when the kids were little, I was particularly stressed out when they were walking through our town and there was a um, a book in this window of the Dalai Lama sitting there and the book was compassion. I'm like, I want to hear from the Dalai Mama, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's easy to be compassionate when you don't have kids running around. It's, you know, it's a challenge. (laughs) It's a challenge to be compassionate with yourself. It's challenging to be compassionate with them. But I think that's really a critical piece is to know you're doing the best you can. I was thinking about judging parents when they're out in public. We also don't know what they're measuring for. I'm loving this phrase. 
so, for yes. instance, having a child who's quiet in public all the time may not be what they're measuring for. Um, it's what my mother measured for. But exactly. Right. So one parent could be, oh, a quiet child is a good child. Uh-huh. And another person could be thinking a quiet child is a suppressed child. Yes. And, and I don't want to fun. raise this. Supp- exactly. Yeah. So you're absolutely right is you don't know what someone's measuring for. I have an ongoing discussion with my friend, Laura. She and I used to have a show together on this network. Mm-hmm. And I complained to her about screaming babies on airplanes. And she talks about when she had screaming babies on airplanes. And I say, why do people force these kids to fly? And mm-hmm. she said, because I wanted them to have a relationship with their grandparents. Yes. So that's yes. what she was measuring for. Yes. I still yes. think a car would be a better option. But but they could live across the ocean or live across. I remember hearing a story years ago. There were kids on a a subway train in New York and they were running around screaming and the father was just sitting there and people are like, why aren't you yes. doing anything? Why aren't you doing anything? And he said, my wife just died. Yeah. You know, it's like, how do we know? We don't know. And then when the kids are screaming on the airplane crying, it is an annoyance, but what are you going to do? Muzzle them? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's tricky. I mean, I think this whole, you know, and again, if, if, if a child's fussing on the airplane and we're completely annoyed and bugged and we feel that push, it's an opportunity for us to look within and saying, wow, this is interesting. Why is this annoying me so much? What am I afraid of? What am I afraid I can't have? Mm. Why is, you know, we always, when, whenever we're feeling a push or resistance, we always have the opportunity to really look at that because not everybody on the plane is completely annoyed. Most people may be, but it's just kind of Without judging ourselves, it's like, wow, this is interesting. Why is this? This is really affecting me. This is interesting. Yeah. Well, well, we also wanted to talk about parenting kids of different ages. My mm-hmm. observation is that parenting young adults is the hardest part, that it gets harder yes. once they leave home. And that's where you are, right? Yes, yes. It's it's interesting. I would say every age – I always liked every age because it's like you have new people in your house. You know, like when you have a when you have a five year old, you, you don't have a two year old. You have a five year old, like uh-huh. a different person. Right. So it was always kind of fun to be tracking that. But I think they, I think they, on reflection, they all have their challenges, and I think it depends on what age is most challenging to a person, depending on their nature. Mm-hmm. So when my kids were infants, it's like ah, it was just so. That wasn't fun for me because it's like so much work. I was really grateful that my husband did a lot of the schlepping and carrying stroller. It just felt like kind of like one big hassle. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I love my children and all that. But I love the teen years. I love the young adult. Now we're like having great conversations and talking. It's interesting. Yeah. It's it, I just like because I like the talking part. And my <laughs> sister-in-law is very nurturing. She's an artist. She loved the baby stage. Everything about the baby stage she loved. Oh. And I'd be at the por- park and I'd be like, okay, are we done yet? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it really depends on who you are, what stage may be your favorite. Uh-huh. But I okay. think they're all interesting. They're all interesting. And they're challenging maybe depending upon, again, what's going on in your life. It's like if you're a kind of person who likes to be in control and likes to be the authority figure – that may be when the kids are little, you're in your element. You know, they listen to you. You got everything organized. You got the clothes organized and you got the you know, meal time down and you're feeling really good about yourself. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they enter the teen years and they start rebelling and talking back to you. Oh, that's not so much fun. Right. You're losing control. So I think 
every age has its blessing and curse. <laughs> so to connect this to receive your life, um, in every one of these, you've said, pay attention to your push-pulls. You know, mm-hmm. where are you resisting? Where are you feeling? A pull is a good thing, right? Uh, yeah, a pull is when you're, you're you're aligned with your values. If you're living in integrity with yourself, it feels good. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is great. I love this. This feels good. And the pushing is the resistance is where we're diminishing ourselves. And it ties very much the painful part oftentimes with parenting is the should parenting. So what you were saying about reading the books, comparing ourselves with other people, that in my opinion, is the painful part about parenting. And -hmm. it's not so much the circumstances. It's what we're saying about ourselves. I'm a bad mom. I should be doing this. Uh, I'm ruining my kid. I mean, that's what hurts is when we're diminishing ourselves. Right. And it's also important too. what happens is when we live from the pulls, our authentic self, we're actually giving our kids what we most want to give them, which is love, joy, empowerment, freedom, the best of us. And then when we're living from our, our pushes, we end up giving them our fears, our resentments, our frustrations. Mm. And that's not what we, you know, our criticism, our, cause we're really diminishing ourselves. And then we end up diminishing them. It's almost like we need some relief. So we try to dump that diminishment onto them so we could feel better. It's not me. It's them. It's oh, their yeah. fault. If they would only clean up and rah, 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 yes. then I would feel better about myself. If they would get better grades, if they would do this, if they would do that, if they would stop being this and then my life would be perfect, but mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. So, I mean, we've said it, it's hard and it's relentless. And is it possible to just have fun as a parent? I think, I think, well, I think it's possible to have fun, but like anything, when we're living as our compromise self, it's going to be, um, it's going to be painful. And parenting brings up our compromise self, because like I said, the love and the fear is there. It brings up a lot, a lot of fear. But if you could get at peace with yourself and start to admit like, wow, like this is just the way I am. This is, I love this about myself. I am going to, you know, I care about this. I, I don't, you know, I, even when like working in the classroom, I like those back to school meetings would kind of be like, Oh, here we go again. Blah, 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 volunteer, do this, do that. But then like even making the choice of what you're going to volunteer to do, is it, are you doing it because you should volunteer for that position or because that position really is aligned with who you are and your values? Yeah. There's the music, so we're up against a break. But we'll be back with Janice Campbell talking about receiving your life after these messages. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listeners like you to support our broadcasts that send our messages out to an awakening world. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today. 
Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Reverend Blair Tabor from Unity San Diego, taken from a talk called Sacred Service, The Ultimate Spiritual Growth. Who we are and who we perceive ourselves to be as human beings is just such a small part of who we are as spiritual beings. Remember the phrase that I like, you know, Emily Cady says, God did not make you to be spiritual pygmies, but spiritual giants. You know, and do we live as if we're spiritual giants? No, we don't. We live, we live as if we're you know, weak human beings. You know, we're spiritual giants. We need to live that way in our lives. So we have to let go of the ego. It's a challenge because we spent so much energy and focus on, on our ego on dressing a certain way and talking a certain way and looking a certain way and, and lining ourselves in certain ways to, to uphold that ego identity. But as we're willing to let that go, let it be permeable to spirit, then what we find is we're connected to that infinite oneness that is God. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Know Yourself as Divine, Stations of the Cosmic Christ. A new book from Matthew Fox and Bishop Mark Andrus introduce a spiritual practice designed to help you realize the divine within. Combining prayer and an interpretation of the Stations of the Cross, featuring beautiful imagery, you will be led on a process of transformation. This book will help you discover the most caring, courageous, and compassionate parts of yourself. Get your copy today at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. Experience everyday peace with Dr. Drayvon James every Monday at 4 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio. In today's busy world, it's easy to get overwhelmed and disconnected. Tune in to the show for practical tips on how to handle whatever life throws at you. Dr. James welcomes some interesting guests and will help you get through any challenges you have with grace. Join the show live or listen later on demand right here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Ellen Devonport. We are back with Voices of Unity. We're talking with Janice Campbell. This is our fifth and final week with Janice. She is a coach um, with a program called Receiving Your Life. And Janice, you've got a class starting on this next week, right? Online. Yes. Yes, online through this uh, Unity Spiritual Explorers program. So anybody can take it. Anybody can take it. Great. It's going to be a really great class. You can get information. You could um, go to my website to link there, or you could Google Spiritual Explorers Receive Your Life to read more about it. Um, Spiritual Explorers is the program through unity. So yeah. What's your website? Receiveyourlife.com. Okay. And Janice said she had put a lot of tools and practices around this program on the website for those who've been listening and following this and trying to do some of it. So you are trained as a licensed unity teacher, which is not that different from being a minister. And I'm really curious about how you tie 
receiving your life into unity's five principles. And, and for listeners who aren't familiar, the five principles, really they really don't belong to unity. They are ancient spiritual teachings that unity uses as the foundation of all of its teachings. So, so how does it work? Yeah. Um, well, like you say, principles are principles. Everybody, I think everybody, anybody who does any kind of um, spiritual program or spiritual teaching, everyone's drawing from the same source. So how yes. I, the way I think about it is, um, do you want to briefly talk about the unity? Maybe, maybe you briefly explain like the first principle and then I could talk about how receive your life relates to that. Or what do you think would be the yeah, best way that'll to work. Kind of go through this? So, okay. um, cause I actually wrote a book about this <laughs> called the five a very principles. good book, <laughs> um, plug the book. So the first principle, which turns out to be the only one you really need, is that God is all there is. God is present everywhere. God is in everything and beyond anything we can imagine. Uh, And it's tied to the second principle, which is the divine within. If God is all there is, what else could we be but Mm -hmm. an expression of God? So we talk about God in unity as transcendent, which is everything, and eminent uh, within us. We also talk a little bit about having a relationship with God, but we're careful about relying on a God out there who's intervening in our lives and just handling everything for us, which is actually a much more standard view of God. But, you know, in unity, we like to be different. Yes. (laughs) Okay, great. So um, what inspired – the main thing about what inspired – me to do receive your life was I had been in unity for a while, but it really, I felt like I needed something more specific. So like when we hear these concepts, it's, it's like, okay, I get it kind of it's, it's an, it feels good. It sounds good, but what does that mean in my life? Right. And so you say God is everywhere. So God is within us and God is good. And even last week in our Sunday class, we were talking about, do you, cause we, in, we're talking about our, our compromised self versus our true self. And it's like, do you really believe that you're pure goodness? You know, I was asking the students, do you really believe that what lives within you is good? And then it's like, well, not all the time, not really, (laughs) you know, but it's kind of the thing we get, we say, we state it as a principle. And yet, do we really believe that what lives within us is pure goodness? And if we don't believe that it's because we have a misunderstanding of our value and we don't really know the truth of who we are. And and so it says, is what like you said, what else could we be? If God's everywhere, what else could we be? Well, we actually have some thoughts that are not based on the truth of who we are, that yeah. we believe we are. And that's where a lot of our um, problems in life, our suffering, our struggle, is an outpicturing of us having a misunderstanding of our value. So the most important thing to begin with is, to realize that we are pure goodness and and the way we do it and receive your life is to really get clear on what are your values? What are you? What's important to you? What is the gift that you came here to share? So that when we start to get confused about the truth of who we are and we start to believe the limiting beliefs, you have like a true north to come back to. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, that's not true. I'm this. And we're not just saying, oh, I'm good because... Because I am, I'm a child of God and I'm good. No, you're good because you actually know your value. You know who you are and you know what you're here to do. And you, and you feel that pure goodness within you. You, you trust that. 
And that's really, really hard for people to wrap their minds around. Because well, that's why we, oh, sorry, go on. Well, even back to parenting a little bit, most of us grew up being told what we were doing wrong. And right. society and, and is happy to, to tell us what we're doing wrong and eating wrong and, you know, all the ways we're doing it wrong. And so it takes a while for people to get the idea that, yes, but the essence of me is divine and is pure good. And we're not, yes. we're not trying to say we're perfect, right? We'll still no, make it's not mistakes. About, it's not, but it's not about perfect at all. It's really, and that's why we use the push-pulls, because when you're aligned with your divine nature, it feels good. You're in integrity with yourself. And when we're believing something than the, other than the truth of who we are, when we're believing those diminishing thoughts that we've been conditioned to believe through the years, mm-hmm. it feels bad. Like we have this absolutely perfect internal guidance system. It's like when we turn away, we abandon ourselves, it feels bad. And it's not necessarily abandoning ourselves on the physical plane, but we abandon ourselves with our thoughts. We went into alignment with a thought that diminished us. And we know it's not true because it feels. So we could feel when we're aligned with our divine nature and we can feel when we're believing something other than what's true. Yeah. And so back to push pull. Yeah. And then we have to work with it because if otherwise it's just, we won't believe, we won't believe the truth of our divine nature. If we're not able to dislodge and really see the illusion of our false self, we won't Mm -hmm. believe it. But when you work through it specifically with yourself, let's say someone has, Oh, I'm irresponsible because I was, you know, my parents kept telling me I'm irresponsible. I'm da, 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 da. But when you actually look at your life, you're like, it's not true. The reason I'm doing this this way is because it aligns with my values. Because we never really do our shoulds. We just feel bad because we're not doing our shoulds. And then because (laughs) we're we're not doing our shoulds, we start making stuff up about us. And then we're Uh off to the races, but we're not living from our oneness, our truth, our wholeness. We're living from our compromised self. Right. So So it's a practice to learn the good. We have to, we end up having an intimate relationship with the goodness of who we are, but it's not something we could just take from someone else. We have to really experience it and feel it in our life. How do you do that? Well, it really goes back to dislodging the misunderstandings. So Mm -hmm. let's see, I feel like I'm kind of talking in circles here. (laughs) I'm trying to find an example that will pop into my head, but um, let's see. So is there there a parenting example? Um, Okay. I mean, how can, so you're with. Ask me more specific, ask me more specifically. Okay, so a parent is with their kids. The kids are driving them crazy. They're tired. It's the end of the day. Everybody's cranky. How do you hold on to, yes, but the truth of me is divine. And ultimately, I am pure good. So it could be, so let's say I'm exhausted and I'm yelling at my kids and I feel bad about that. So I come to the conclusion that I'm a bad mother, right? Right. Instead of understanding, I've had a really bad day. I'm exhausted. I've had a really hard day. I'm trying to do the best I can. And and I understand why I'm yelling at my kids mm-hmm. because the pain does not come from what we're doing. The pain comes from what we're saying about ourselves. Yeah. So if I come yeah. to the conclusion, because 
this is happening or I'm responding a certain way. Therefore, I am a bad mother. That is really painful. Mm -hmm. That hurts. But if I understand the truth is, you know, maybe I took on more projects today or maybe I committed to more things, you know, so but I get excited about things and I agreed to do things that probably I took on too much and therefore we ran out of time. And and that's why I'm you, you kind of understand what's going on instead mm-hmm. of coming to the conclusion that there's something wrong with you or that you're bad. It, it, you know, a lot of times it gets back to that word. I'm not, we're not enough or we're bad or, and then we try to fix that. Okay. I'm not going to be bad. I'm going to da 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 And then we get into our should mode instead of really just understanding. Cause a lot of these inner conflicts is we're battling with ourselves. And this is, I think why we, we lose the idea of oneness, mm-hmm. but really there's an inner conflict going on where we're trying to be obedient to the scarcity rules the rules of the world. And at the same time, we're trying to align with our true self. So we're feeling an inner conflict. And even in the Bible, you can't worship two masters. So Mm -hmm. we're split. Our energy is split. But if you could see that, well, the reason why I think I have to follow these rules or it always comes from trying to fix something that's not broken. What we perceive about ourselves is broken. So we're trying to fix something that's actually not broken instead of aligning with the truth. So it's really like there is no separation other from other than the illusion that we're saying something's wrong with us. But with understanding, we could we could understand that's not true. And then, this is why I'm doing that. This is why I'm doing that, you know. And yeah, and then have compassion for ourselves and then forgive ourselves. Absolutely. So the the, the work is really done at the level of understanding, mm-hmm. because once you go deep enough to understand it, you start to feel the softening of compassion. Mm-hmm. The judgment you were saying about yourself, it starts to, so- it's like, ah, oh, no wonder, you know, no wonder I said that. No wonder I committed to that. No wonder I lost my temper. Like, And then you start to forgive the thought that I'm a bad person. You're giving up the misunderstanding of your value. And then what's on the other side of the forgiveness is just more room to be so that we're available for our kids. We're available for our relationships, but we're not available when we're in the diminishing thought thing, the thought, right? (laughs) We're not available when we're compromising ourselves. We're not available. And whenever we're compromising ourselves, it's not sustainable. It has to be unwound anyway. So my advice, call it advice for parenting, relationships, life, career, leadership, whatever it is, just really try to tune into the truth of who you are and don't lie to yourself. It's like Charles Filmer would talk about feeling after God. I really believe that's what it is. You're like feeling after the truth. You're really feeling after that truth. Like, yes, that's true. That's who I am. That's not, Mm. and that's not who I am. That's who I am. That's not who, because when you really dial that in, that's when we're truly giving. You know, when we're like, oh, I'm just going to do this because people expect it and I'm compromised, compromised. You know, we think like, oh, once I compromise myself, once I do all this other stuff that I should do, then I'll be able to be a good parent. Then I'll be able to be myself. Right. And it's not true. We could go direct. That's what feeling after God is, is feeling after the truth. And it's amazing how life aligns with that. It's the thing when we're when we're compromising ourselves, coming from our false, fearful self, what we end up with is the booby prize. It's a compromised <laughs> life. It's a compromised relationship with our kids. It's a compromised relation with our romantic relationship. It's a compromised relationship with our employees, employer. It doesn't matter. Like if we're coming from our compromised self, we're going to end up with compromised results. Mm-hmm. 
And we're not really going to have that deep connection, which we want with our kids. Like, okay, I did the right thing as a parent. I was a good parent. But if we're not having connection, like, we're kind of missing the point. So let's move on through the five principles, because the next one is principle three is what is now called the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. When the Fillmore's taught it, they called it the law of mind action. Some people see a difference in those two names and some don't. Uh, but the law of attraction is part of receiving your life, isn't it? Well, absolutely. It's a big part of receiving your life because it's like, where are we living from in consciousness? Because the law of attraction is if we're living from our compromised self, we're going to attract compromise into our life. We're not going to be satisfied with the results, even if we do work really hard to get it. And if we're living from our true self, what we're, the beauty and truth of what we are, our values, we're going to attract that into our life. But the step three, how it aligns to receive your life is, you know, because the world we live in, the world that we live in, we're each living in a completely different world. But our expression of life, it, it is our experience of life. It is an expression of our consciousness. Like we can't get away from that. And that's why I think it's so important to be very, very specific because a lot of times we'll just like, oh, well, I'm, I'm giving over here. How come I'm not receiving prosperity? It's because there's a diminishing thought in there. You're diminishing yourself. You're blocking the flow. You can't ignore that. Say a little more about that, the diminishing thought. Well, sometimes we think like, oh, I'm just going to follow these rules, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like a broad spirituality. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to all this stuff. But if it's on top of a misunderstanding of our value, what we really believe we deserve, how our um, the consciousness we have around our value. So even though we may be going through the motions of doing all the so-called right things, but we don't believe that we really have value. We don't mm, think mm-hmm. our gift has value. We don't really realize the truth of who we are. We're going to, through the law of attraction, we're going to attract in what we really believe. Like was Jesus said, you can't hide the truth. The truth is the truth. So thinking, just glossing over it, it's not really going to make, we're not going to get the results we want. You can't trick spiritual laws, no matter how nice you are. <laughs> I think sometimes we think, oh, I'm such a good person. It doesn't matter. It's not personal. These principles, these laws are not personal. But but but, but my intentions are good. So the law should work better for me. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't matter if cuz you may give lip service. This is when we talked about the mixed messages the other week. We right. may be giving lip service to something, but mm-hmm. our consciousness, we may be saying what we think people want to hear, but if our consciousness is saying something else, it's it's a mixed message. Yeah. And We're not going to get the results we want. We cannot be surprised. That's, I think there's a lot of mystery in life. Obviously, there's a lot we don't know about life. And yet there is a lot of laws and rules like gravity that work a certain way. And we, we can't ignore them. Mm-hmm. I think that's why we have to go deep and also get very specific. Because what's true for one person may not be true for someone else. And this is one of the things we teach in Unity Prosperity Classes is that if what you want in your life, and it doesn't have to be money, it could be mm-hmm. love, it could be a house, or, you know, it could be anything. But if what you want in your life isn't showing up, something is blocking it. And it's one of the big ones is your own unworthiness. Your Absolutely, own, I don't deserve it. 
Exactly. Because even when Jesus says we ask amiss, I think what happens, what that means is we're praying to fix the limiting belief. We're praying to, oh, once I I have this, then I'm going to be okay. Like we're praying to fix what we perceive is broken with us, but it's not broken. You know, so it's, it's kind of like prayer is really, it's kind of jumping into step five, but prayer is really aligning with your values and the gift that you are mm-hmm. and, and being in that consciousness and that alignment and not aligning with your compromised self, even though we've been taught to believe that's how we're going to get what we want. That's not praying. That's, that's praying, it's praying, but it's praying amiss. We're just going to get more compromising. So more diminishment. So that is principle four. It's prayer and meditation is the way that we stay oh, sorry. Yeah. consciously mm-hmm. connected um, and leads to everything good. But what are we connected to? Are we connected to our undeserving, diminishing self, aligning our energy with that, mm-hmm. which is what we do when we're actually always praying, when we're praying unconsciously or praying amiss. That's oftentimes, so we could be like, yeah, we're praying all day long. We're not really, you know, kind of like we're manifesting all day long, but what are we manifesting? Yes. So there's never a moment when we're not manifesting. So is all this just about becoming more conscious of who we are and it's, what it's, we're thinking? It's more conscious, but it's very... Th- um, the thing that makes it different from other programs and systems, and it's very specific to you. And that's why people have shifts and breakthroughs, because it goes exactly to where that your misunderstanding is. Other people may not have that going on. It doesn't matter. But we have to get specific. It ha- that's why we work with your a person's push-pulls, your personal data, because that's, that's where your... Like where our prosperity flow is kinked, we you go right to that sweet spot of where that kink is, mm-hmm. is where that misunderstanding is. And like I say, someone else may have a different misunderstanding. That's why it's it it can't really be general. It's very specific, right? Which is why that's you, what's going to set us free. Yeah, which is why <laughs> you all should take take Janice's class. <laughs> yes, because you can make class. it specific to yourself. Yeah, because you, you, you're actually in the class, we're going to go over these five steps and you're going to learn your pieces, your values, your desires, and where you get stuck, mm-hmm. where you have the misunderstanding of your value. And what ha- the process too, it really, this is why it is a benefit to parenting and relationships, because what happens is your energy gets lighter and lighter and lighter, because it's, it's heavy to carry the misunderstandings around and the shoulds. Mm-hmm. So. It's a process of not adding. It's actually the opposite. It's a process of releasing. You're releasing the false. You're releasing the burdens. You're releasing the shoulds. And what you're left with is clarity. And then that gets us to step five is from that place, you start taking inspired action, which is not a slug fest. It's more like, wow, you move into the openings. Like you have more energy to do what's yours to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, principle. So it's a process of lightening up. <laughs> Which is great. Principle five is is usually called the action step. What it actually says is to live the truth you know. That that knowing mm-hmm. the principles is not enough. We have to live the truth we know. And I maintain yeah. that sometimes living the truth is not taking action. It's refraining yeah. from jumping into the fray. Uh, sometimes in unity we call it holding the high watch. But either way, it is it is the way we practice principles on the ground, how we bring them into our lives. 
Yes. Yes. And the way Receive Your Life aligns with that is the action, like I say, it's inspired action. So what happens, like a lot of times people are like, oh, if I just do what I want to do, I'm going to sit on the couch all day and eat bonbons. And right. it's not true. We love to give, but we don't want to give just anything. We want to give the essence, the truth of what we are. So the inspired action, it, it turns into like a natural action, like you're compelled, like in that flow. The desire is calling you forth because you're not being blocked by the shoulds. Because a lot of times we procrastinate the shoulds. I don't want to do it. You know, it's like heavy, heavy. I really should exercise. I really should do this. I really should do that. But if it's not coming from an alignment of your true self, it's going to feel like work. And then it's like, I should take action. I should really do more. But it's hard. There's something off there. But Mm -hmm. when we release... The obstruction, all of a sudden, it's our nature to act. We love to give. Yeah. We want to give. We want to contribute. We, and we want to contribute who we are. I mean, each one of us came here with a gift to share. And no gift is more valuable than another. So it's like it's our, like we're compelled to give that gift. And that's why our greatest desire is to be who we are. And our greatest fear is that we can't be. Because it's so painful to withhold the gift we came here to share. Hmm. Hmm. So that's one way to understand ourselves. I'm back at understanding compassion and forgiveness mm-hmm. is to look at how we are afraid we won't be able to be who we are. Yes. Yes. Well, we're judging the shoulds. I mean, that's what we really, a lot of the understanding piece is really looking at why am I not doing the shoulds? Why am I not being more like this? Why am I? But you're kind of understanding it's because this is who I am. You know, why mm-hmm. am I not more friendly? Why am I not socializing more? Because I'm, I'm I, this is, a, I, oh, you know, I just want to tell this quick story I love. I don't know why it really stayed with me. But when I was at Unity Village, someone shared this story with me, how Emily Katie was talking to Myrtle Fillmore. And Myrtle's like, oh, you have to come to Unity Village. Everybody wants to hear from you. People really want to see you. And she's like, no, I do my, this is how I do my work. You know, that oh. she writes privately. And uh-huh. I love that because it's it's like, it's be so easy to judge and say, oh, Myrtle Fimler's out there with the people and Emily Katie is being antisocial and she's not sharing herself and she's not greeting people and giving them what they want. But they both of these women made huge contributions yes. in their own way. You wouldn't say one was more valuable than another, but so- they each had their unique expression. Okay, and the way you know that it's your true self. So I'm thinking um, I want to stay home and write, which is what Emily Katie was saying. This is how mm-hmm. I do my work. You know, I don't mm-hmm. have to be on the speaking circuit. Right. How do you know if that's your true self or if that's some kind of fear or shyness or laziness that you really would rather get over? Well, you go back to your push-pulls, and this is when you're being brutally honest with yourself. You're like, I'm not feeling this. And you could tell a lot of times it by how it feels. I remember when I taught my very first class, I went there and my stomach was churning and I was feeling all anxious. And I got there and nobody was showed up. It was like seven o'clock. <laughs> nobody was there. And yet I sat there and like, I know I'm in my perfect place. I know I'm in my perfect place. Like there's like a knowing mm-hmm. that doesn't really matter about the circumstances. And so a lot of that, like, how do I know if this is my fear, like I should, it Number one, it keeps coming back. Like it's not a one-time thing. A lot of times we keep trying to do the shoulds 
oh, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm not trying hard enough. Maybe I should be out there more. But you keep feeling like you're swimming upstream, mm-hmm. like you're going against nature. You're going against the natural flow. Yeah. And then when you really are in your element and you're sharing the gift that you are and you're really being at one with the truth of who you are, it feels really good. Mm-hmm. And that's when we're actually giving the most. We can't really improve on that. We're giving, even though the world may say, you should do this and you should do this and people want to hear from you and they want to see you. It's like, no. This is my right place. I'm doing what I know to be my right work in my right way. Well, Janice, we're at the end, and you are so clearly doing your right work uh, (laughs) with the Receive Your Life method. Um, So the class that we've been talking about starts April 23rd, if you're listening to this show in 2019. Mm -hmm. And... uh, so there's there's a link from your website, which is receivingyourlife.com. Yeah, receiveyourlife.com. Receiveyourlife.com. Or you could also yes. just Google Unity Spiritual Explorers and look at all the classes that they have available. Janice, thank you so much for doing this series. It's been fascinating and practical. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. We'll be back next week with more from Voices of Unity. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.